This is Diaries of a Sensitive Soul. My name is Rachel Kelly. Welcome to my podcast. As a highly sensitive person, knowing there's so many others out there just like me, I wanted to create this podcast as a safe place to express myself and connect with others as I explore and share topics that many of us stay silent around. As a trauma-informed coach and narcissistic abuse specialist, you can expect both personal stories and educational insights along the way. My hope is that by hearing the raw and vulnerable parts of my life, you can remind yourself that you're never alone in yours. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Diaries of a Sensitive Soul. And in this episode, I wanted to talk about love bombing. A word, a term that gets thrown around quite a bit. Maybe you've heard of it. Maybe you've experienced it. Maybe you're not sure. But I wanted to unpack some of the signs of being love bombed by a narcissist and specifically looking at love bombing as a manipulation tactic and how we can spot whether we're being love bombed currently, whether it's something we have done and really how to begin to become aware of these patterns within ourselves in terms of allowing, accepting, or even ignoring these signs in the early dating stages and how we can begin to move past these patterns. And so to really comprehend why love bombing is something we accept or we ignore as a red flag in the initial stages. Let's first look at what love bombing is so we can really begin to understand what this term means and yeah, whether we've experienced it. I know I have for sure and I have some personal stories to share within this episode. So love bombing really is a manipulation tactic that narcissists use um, and other toxic um, kind of, I guess, individuals, uh, people with narcissistic traits, not necessarily identifying with narcissistic personality disorder, but it's all on a spectrum. And so it's a tactic that's used very manipulatively to gain control over people they're dating, potential partners. Um, and really it involves uh, a few different things. I'll share with you some different signs of how to look out for it. But what it really encompasses is this excessive kind of adoration and affection, like this really intense beginning to a dating uh, situation, feeling that someone is like overly giving you affection. And in some ways this can feel really confusing in terms of like, how do we know that someone's just being really nice to us as opposed to, are they love bombing me and is this too much? And so in order to really answer that question, we have to be tuned in and tapped into ourselves and our own values our own awareness within our body like our own somatic feelings of how is this feeling right now am i am i feeling like really overwhelmed is this really cringy am i feeling like this is too much and we feel this within our bodies and intuitively we do get this sense but sometimes we don't know how to listen to that sometimes we are choosing not to listen because of many other reasons. So 
to preface this as well, I wanted to just touch on a reason and a big core part of why we may overlook love bombing or why we may not see it as a red flag. So the core root of this, it comes down to uh, codependency and patterns of behavior in the sense that where we prioritize needs of others and feelings of others over our own. So becoming like overly entangled with the other person, the narcissist, the toxic person that just wants to manipulate you. Um, and we're doing that at the expense of neglecting our own well-being. And the core wound of codependency, it's stemming from our childhood. It's stemming from feelings of inadequacy, feeling unworthy, abandonment wounds, perceived abandonment, real abandonment, an absent parent, neglect, emotional neglect. All of these experiences which create a deep emotional wound and a deep sense that in order to be loved, in order to feel loved and worthy, that we need to seek validation and approval from someone else. So of course, with this pattern of behavior, codependency is really kind of the driving factor in terms of what is bringing you into these situations and causing you to repeat these cycles of unhealthy attachments, unhealthy relationships, And at the root of it, there's a deep emotional unresolved pain. And so this is great in that we can recognize this when we begin to heal, that we we can understand, hey, there's this pattern of codependency, this over, um, this pattern where I'm overly giving out to other people and I'm prioritizing somebody else's needs over my own. I'm not coming from a real, like, solid sense of self. And... In order to move through that, there are many things you can do. So that is the first stage of awareness. So that's just something that I wanted to add into this episode. And I'm just going to share with you now some signs of love bombing that you can look out for if it is something you're not sure you've experienced. Maybe you can reflect within yourself as I'm sharing these to understand and just be curious with yourself sometimes sometimes we don't know really you know the thing with love bombing is that when it comes to narcissists and we're out in the dating world it's a you know it can be quite a scary place especially if you've already been in narcissistic relationships is that we want to make sure if we've already experienced that or even if we haven't that we are building this awareness of these kinds of people these traits to look out for because there are a lot of people out there like that and in order to protect yourself it's important that we're looking for these signs early on and i believe that love bombing is one of the easiest signs once you become aware of it to pick up on in the earlier stages of dating it's one of the easier red flags that i've been able to identify myself um, since understanding kind of the signs the red flags of narcissists and love bombing is one of those red flags what love bombing is something that you can really um kind of see in those initial dating stages so the easier you can recognize the signs the quicker you're going to be leaving and saying no to these situations these relationships and prevent yourself from deep heartbreak and pain so the first one that I wanted to share is this excessiveness of 
compliments of praise of being overly flattered and like just being told so many nice things about you being complimented on how you look um just you know maybe your personality like everything about you uh, your achievements like everything that they can think of really in terms of like saying to you hey like i love this about you like and making you just feel so so good and in that moment there may be parts of you that are feeling super special super wanted and really boosting your self-esteem you may however feel like in your body this is really overwhelming this is too much this is actually making me cringe and again that's the sign that you want to look out for because usually you know when we get into these dating situations some people do like to give compliments they do like to give you affection and you know on a spectrum that's normal but it's really important to understand the excessiveness and to understand how your body is responding to those compliments and of course in some ways whether or not there's going to be some kind of wounding within within you that a if you feel that you have these codependent tendencies and you feel that you are there is this void within you and we're working with this younger part of you this inner child part of you then there's going to be this part that is really maybe enjoying the compliments is really enjoying the praise and tying this back into the codependency trait is that looking at um, somebody with these patterns it feels better to receive all of this love and affection because there is a core wound a core part of you uh, that has this void and so again a narcissist will really target this kind of person somebody that's deeply caring and empathetic that will neglect their own needs and look for other people to um give that attention to which feeds a narcissistic's ego and it soothes their own wound of not of feeling like they're not enough so this can go really really deep in terms of the layers of really understanding the core um reasons why maybe we overlook or why these feelings can feel good for us but also just recognizing that again compliments can sometimes be hard to receive anyway so always just getting curious about what do you feel when somebody's giving you compliments and praise and is it excessive you know just checking back in with yourself with that and so this kind of leads on to the next point that i wanted to share around like how intense and quick the affection is with a narcissist and so this may look like the person declaring their love for you within the very early stages of a relationship or like in very early stages of you dating and like just a really short period of time and all of a sudden they're maybe telling you that you're the love of their life that they've never met anyone like you, that you're so special, that you're their soulmate. And like manipulating the way that they share this with you, maybe because they're gathering all of this information, which is another tactic they can do. Um, and, you know, really sharing with you why you're the love of their life. Like you are the perfect match to really give this illusion, create this illusion that there is this immediate deep connection. Again, another manipulative tactic to really get you hooked into them, to get you hooked in as their partner so they can use you for their supply and um, yeah, 
exactly that. So they can hook you in and make you more susceptible to their manipulation. And whilst we're on this one, I'll actually share with you a personal experience here of the soulmate kind of comment, which I've had a few times with people. um, And yeah, I've heard this a few times. And one of the ways that I was actually uh, susceptible to love bombing uh, is my ex, my most recent, which was two years ago, ex-boyfriend, who I recognized after or later on in the relationship had love bombed me in this way. Um, And he basically spent the first six to six weeks to two months really finding out everything that he could about me, really matching up like to the extent that he spent three hours on a coaching call on his own birthday because he was a life coach and he was like, I'm going to like, I'm going to give you my time. But really it was just so he could like figure out everything in my life, like what I desire from a partner, what I desire from my future. And then he would match that all. Tell me that's exactly what he was looking for. Our futures were perfectly aligned, that that we were so special. Like this was a connection like no other. And of course, at that time when I was in that connection, there was a really, really deep uh, wound that really hadn't been fully uncovered and addressed. And that was, for me... Um, a void was being filled as much as I saw it as intense in that moment I cringed a little bit but I kind of liked it in some ways because actually I felt loved I felt like this person is giving me a real sense of loving and at this point before I hadn't been extremely discerning about the kind of men that I was letting into my life I was kind of just going off the people that were interested in me there wasn't really a criteria or category like this is the person that I want and this is what I'm going for and anything less than that I'm I'm going to going to be an absolute no. Like that wasn't my level of criteria for choosing men. It was like I don't really know what I want. I've been fucked over by men in my life and this repeating cycle repeating cycle that I was avoiding looking at because I was being so hurt. I didn't realize how much responsibility I had in choosing my my connections, my partners. Um, I kind of left it up to fate of like, oh, whoever's interested in me, maybe if they show me a bit of attention and love, like that's the right person. Like I really wasn't aware. And it's so funny saying that now because I've learned so much since and I have gratitude for these experiences. But of course, in the moments, in those times, they're really, really difficult um, to go through, to open your heart, to realize that somebody is really coming from a place of um manipulation of just wanting to just wanting you to be their source of supply so they can feel good so that you can soothe their wound of not feeling enough because narcissists do have that wound of not of not feeling enough and of course with the codependent the codependent is moving in the direction of putting their needs last of looking outside of themselves for other people to um, fill that void by giving them love rather than giving themselves their loves. Whereas a narcissist is going into the abusive and the manipulation tactics, but there are some similar core wounds there. And I won't get into that now, but it's just a really interesting dynamic to look at. So, so the excessive compliments and the praise, and then the intense levels of affection and the words that are like, this is my dream relationship you know, all of this, you're my soulmate, love of my life, connection is all a trap to bring you closer into their world so they can 
manipulate and get you hooked. So the next one I'm going to share with you is, again, kind of linking into this, as well as that real intense affection and the compliments. Maybe they're showering you with overwhelming amounts of gifts spending like all of this money on you giving you expensive like trips away booking you into hotels planning really like extreme and extravagant surprises to the extent where it is extreme it's excessive you know um as i think of this again i can provide some other real life examples again with my um ex-boyfriend he would send me like things through the post we were in lockdown at at some point during the relationship and um yeah he was he would send me gifts and things through the post which were really kind of i see seemed really thoughtful like one of them was a pack of cards which were like content cards related to my business and i was you know these things were like they were really he was really switched on to like what's the thing that's going to make me be like oh my god he's so thoughtful he's listened to what i want and he's given me this gift and then i remember he sent me like a whole box of like these mini like chocolates and these drinks and things that like I liked but I was like wow this is a lot like I I think we've only had two dates maybe we didn't even have a date I can't even remember when it came through but it was in the early stages and I was like wow this is a lot but I feel like he was the biggest uh I don't know that that for me was maybe the biggest um or longest period of of love bombing that I've experienced I just remember there being really lavish gifts and um getaways plans like everything had to be like the next level he actually told me that he learned to fly a plane or he was learning to fly a plane so he could take people to france on their first date <laughs> and so it's kind of wild really but yeah that's the kind of people that you're dealing with uh these are the kinds of people that will do things like that they're not they're not just like it's like why do we need to go why do we need to go to another country on a first date like that's because they are well the reason that they are doing it is because to you they may feel romantic to you they may soothe that wound of not feeling like enough of not feeling that um of of having this void and this hole of maybe um never really filling that hole up yourself but just looking outside of you to get that whole field and that minute that someone comes in and just gives you everything that you feel that your inner child that younger part of you wants it's like oh i can relax i feel soothed however it's excessive and it's it's overwhelming in cases so again another point for you to look out and feel in your body does this feel like too much is this really kind of cute or is this kind of weird? And sometimes there's not really a benchmark or kind of a reference point for you to look back on in terms of like previous relationships, safe, healthy relationships. So it's hard. It's like, I don't know, maybe there was a deficiency of affection growing up. And so maybe you never really knew. And so maybe if that was the case and you were void of these experiences, maybe you do feel really uncomfortable and maybe you're the kind of person that wouldn't put up with this. Or maybe for you, it actually has gone the other way and you're like, wow, I've never had this before and this feels so amazing and I, I'm just going to accept it all. I don't know where the healthy line is here, but it feels romantic and I'm a big romantic and yeah, it feels like this person just loves me. Um, but again, this is designed to create an, a sense of obligation, like you're indebted to that person, like a sense of if I leave them, 
I'm going to feel really guilty um, because they've already put in all this hard work. And I know there was a level of that to me as well. It was like, I kind of owe them something. They've given me a lot. Um, so that's another interesting one to look out for. And so I actually have another more recent example of this. It's quite a funny situation, like something that was another guy. Um, and he was someone that I actually met here at the lake when I very first arrived. And it was a really funny moment of, wow. I remember messaging my sister and was like, he's a narcissist. And there was only two interactions that we had. And from the research that's been done from the understanding and um, research that I've done myself is that like really when you're dating someone or you're getting to know someone, it's going to take about seven dates or interactions to really start to understand the behavior of, you know, their, their beha behavior because narcissists are really great at hiding who they really are. And so I felt really proud of myself that in this moment I had like had a couple of interactions with this guy. There was something that was kind of, uh, interesting me about them. And then after a couple of conversations, I was like, I feel that there is something off with this person. And in the back of my head, I was like, yeah, he's definitely displaying traits of narcissism. So I sat with that. I kind of listened to what they were. I, I reflected on it. And, um, we all ended up hanging out one day, like as a big group in this, in this period of time, I, I got more and more and more uncomfortable in my body. It was this, it was the sensations in my body that really were like the signals and signs of like, you can't ignore this. There's something that feels off with this person. It's like, Rachel, you have done so much work around this and so much studying like you know the signs to look out for stop doubting yourself if you believe that this person feels off they're not sitting right with your intuition you're seeing traits of narcissism why are you even you know why would you even entertain it like and and also it was like a moment of like how do I navigate this like this person was kind of within our in our circle of people that we were spending um they were like in the community of people that I was spending the next few weeks with and so it was like, how do I, how do I be with this person and this behavior? And how do I, I've, I've never been in a situation before where I'm like, right, I know he's a narcissist and I have to now be around this person for the next few weeks. Like, um, because yeah. And how, how do I navigate this? And anyway, back to the point where we were all hanging out, there was a time when we ended up getting really chatty and having these conversations. And for my own personal kind of experience and knowledge, and for me being me and just really wanting to understand people at a deeper level, I just kept like, I, I kept being curious and I kept kind of asking questions, just almost just like witnessing his response, just so I could really like, I don't know, like see for myself is, you know, who, what are these signs? Like I really just wanted to understand from my own understanding. And um, the next day, it was around Valentine's Day actually. And the next day um, he had messaged me saying I had a really great fun time like with us all yesterday, like he felt a special connection and um, he wishes he could see me on Valentine's Day, but he has to go out and do something for the day whilst I was busy, but he'd love to see me in the evening. And in the meantime, he's left something really beautiful or really special for me on 
in his room which I kind of thought was weird anyway the fact that I had to like go to his to to get it but um he was staying um in the same kind of space as us so like it wasn't like I was like going completely over to someone's like house or whatever so I felt really nervous and really shaky and like I actually had all these weird feelings coming up of like this feels really bloody strange but I'm curious like I really want to know what he's done and why he's left me this and I went there and like it was this whole extravagant display of like rose petals all over his bed um a a handmade card like all of this detail in it like the like a like a love message loads of chocolate like flowers freshly picked like real like things that you would look at and you'd be like oh my god like or you may think, oh my God, like me in the past, what a cute gesture. What a really, really nice thing to do. <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't feel that. I felt actually like physically quite sick in my stomach. That's how I felt. Like there was a lot of anxiety and I was like, what the hell? Like, why is this person like doing this? And I shared it with a couple of people that I was with and, and they were like, no, it's really cute. You know, maybe you're just not good at receiving love and you know, you start to question these other sides of you of like, but there was a wound one time where I maybe couldn't receive love. So how do I know if this is just that wound? Or how do I know whether to trust my intuition that this feels really love bombing, like so over extravagant and unnecessary? Like we had hung out like for the night before with a bunch of other people. And so it seemed like a really kind of weird um, gesture and actually too much. Like it was like... (laughs) That, that was way too much for me and um yeah it was funny how I navigated that afterwards but that's just another example of how this can happen within like the days of of meeting somebody and when I actually spoke to him about it I was honest with him I was like I, I feel uncomfortable I don't feel like it's necessary like I don't understand why why you've done this um like yeah Uh, you know and it was hard for me to actually understand how to navigate this conversation knowing that I had real gut feelings that this person was love bombing me and and maybe this is a story for another time so um anyway we I navigated that and um that's just another example of the love bombing um in my own personal life I've also had an ex where he um got my name tattooed on him and yeah it was to this day I don't know that I would label him as someone with narcissistic personality disorder but there was definitely toxic traits and um yeah there was definitely some traits there which were questionable and it was a very turbulent relationship and I didn't really have the awareness this was early 20s mid 20s I would say um that I didn't really have the understanding and awareness to even question it at that time so for me to kind of check in all I knew is that these traits were there it was very um yeah it it wasn't an emotionally healthy kind of dynamic and I've heard different stories of this happening before where yeah people um that are love bombing they're kind of rushing through everything they're just rushing 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 i'm gonna make you mine like i'm gonna put your name on me and like claim you and show you how much you mean to me and then again you're indebted to me so this leads me on to another point of like how fast narcissists will will rush a relationship like a sign of love bombing is like them wanting to speed up everything like hey like let's move in together let's really commit and like 
um, like make this, you know, make this a thing really, really quickly. So just that sense of rushing, that urgency. And again, like, yeah, that may, may feel overwhelming for you. And sometimes even that overwhelm is like, yeah, it's confusing because it's like, should I feel this overwhelm in some way? This feels great. In some ways, this is exactly what I want, but am I coming from a healthy place from wanting this? Because if I'm codependent and I'm wanting to rush through, I've got to check in with myself. I'm not coming from a healthy place of wanting like a slow, steady start to a relationship. So I don't even know how like the normal timeline should go. And in that mist of overwhelm, it's like so much harder for you to really see objectively like the behavior that's actually happening. It can be that overwhelming, but it can, and it can really kind of confuse your brain of like where you're at, what your real timelines are. And so that's another one to be really careful of. And I think the last one that I'll finish up from, which is something that um, I know can happen even in these earlier stages is that the narcissist can become so overwhelming and so kind of all-compassing and consuming in the sense of their love bombing, everything is excessive, they want to spend all their time with you, they want to make all their plans with you, but in the process of doing that, they're isolating you from other people, and in some ways, it can make them feel to you that they're like that they're like the most important person in your life like they're the ones that are caring for you they're like the most important person just really wanting all of that attention from you and it can create this sense of like dependency and that can mean that they again have more power in terms of how they manipulate you but also like maybe the more that they spend the time with you the more you kind of get morphed into their world and their kind of manipulating ways the less maybe you kind of feel that you reach out to your friends who really understand you, your family who maybe really understand you. Like I know for me that so many of my friends saw red flags in relationships, especially the last two before I even could acknowledge them. They, they were massive flags and they they had bad vibes about the guys that I'd been in relationships with and narcissistic men. And um, I don't know that I really took the time to understand them and hear them out maybe that's my personality that I feel like I need to go through the process myself um but from now on I really value and I understand that that's actually a really key part of moving forward in healthy ways is really knowing who you can go to and trust and friends family um who know you and can really make a judgment from outside of this of a dating um, situation of a relationship to say like this isn't healthy I'm seeing a red flag here and I, I feel that now that I've been through that experience personally I would listen to my friends and their advice because actually in hindsight they've never been wrong my closest closest friends have always had bad vibes and like have cringed so badly at the people that I've been in relationships with and I'm like what are you doing Rachel but in some ways they weren't completely vocal because they were like, I want to see you happy. Maybe she's just happy. Like they had no idea that these people were dangerous people with abusive tendencies and were emotionally manipulating. Like they didn't know to that extent, which is why this education, this awareness around narcissism is so key and so important. But 
even if your friends don't understand what an abusive person is, what a narcissist is, what a toxic person is, they can see you and they can see what what they think is right for you. And yeah, of course, I think this can become confusing in some ways. It can it can sometimes, yeah, lead to arguments, disagreements between friends, family, like, should they say something? Should you listen? You know, what's the right thing to do? But speaking from personal experience, I, from now on, want to confide in my friends and I want them to get a good judgment of someone. And just on that note, one of the reasons I think why maybe I didn't want to listen so much to my friends was because A, I felt like I was being loved, I was being cared for, and I didn't recognize the signs of love bombing. I felt like it was genuine and that felt good. And B, I felt like I was already on a different trajectory to my friends in terms of the kind of relationships and people that I was looking for, the kind of lifestyle I was leading. Like for example, I'd moved into the, a a lot more of a spiritual way of being. I'd began like my life coaching business. I began coaching and found my narcissistic ex-boyfriend within that network of people. And I felt like they didn't really understand it because they were maybe kind of in the more corporate space, corporate world. Um, doing, you know, working for finance, financial corporations, and maybe they didn't see that. So in terms of my list of traits, things that I find attractive in men, one of them was that, yeah, they're what they're doing the work on themselves. They're within kind of maybe the coaching industry, or like that was at least the kind of space that I was hoping to find a like-minded person that I could connect with deeper. And so because I felt that my my friends, closest friends at least, didn't really um, value that, I kind of made that mean that they're not gonna understand the kind of man that I want because they don't understand really me on a, on a complete level. Um, they don't understand this choice of my life or maybe they feel that it's not important for somebody else that I choose to have an interest in the thing that I'm really passionate about which I know is is important and I know it kind of goes so much deeper than than this when we unpack all of those traits and things that we are looking for in people and overall really my judgment was just bad that there are many reasons why I ignored red flags uh there are many reasons why we all do and I've recorded another episode so keep your eyes peeled for uh the episode around why we ignore red flags why we choose to look past them or why we just miss them um because that will help unpack even more of some of these topics that i've covered today so i hope if you're listening that this has given you um some deeper understanding maybe of patterns you've experienced or even um if you haven't to help you in future dating situations where you know you get to come back to yourself and really start to look at the fact you deserve real genuine care and love and how we can start to understand whether someone is really offering that love for you in a genuine way or whether they're using it to manipulate you and to draw you into to give them some supply and so i'm going to leave that one here now and i'll catch up with you in the next episode Thank you so much for listening. If anything I shared in today's episode has touched your heart or you feel cool to share with me any parts of your own personal journey, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me over on Instagram 
at I am Rachel Kelly. I'm sending you so much love and I'll see you in the next episode.